Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Kick Right On podcast. Brian can't join us today, but we are joined by Joe Chapman. Hello, Joe. How are you doing? I'm very well, Alex. Good morning. I hope you had a nice week off. Yes, thank you very much. Joe did fill in for me at Hull at the weekend. Uh, watched a 1-1 one, one there, which is an improvement on what we've seen previously with Blues. Um, but yeah, we're here today to react to the big news that Tony Mowbray is the new Birmingham City manager, replacing Wayne Rooney. He signed a two-and-a-half-year contract and he has taken his first training session at the Elite Performance and Innovation Centre in Henley and Arden this morning. Um, Joe is an interesting person to have with us because he has followed Mowbray's career probably a little more closely than us because he has links to West Bromwich Albion, um, which obviously was was Mowbray's first promotion back in the day to the Premier League. So um, Joe is quite well placed to give us uh, an informed opinion on him. Um, Joe, it's a good appointment, isn't it, really? When we look on it, on the face of it, it's a very shrewd appointment for Blues from the options that were that were out there. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I think I've said to a few people, actually, in the last couple of days, knowing that he was coming into the club, that I would say this is as sensible a decision as that level of significance that Blues have probably made for a number of years. You look at the... The list of managers uh, who have managed Blues in the last seven, eight, nine years, and even those who probably Blue supporters would maybe go towards as being the the more successful, John Eustace, Gary Rowett, etc. Even those appointments were quite risky in their own ways, in the sense that they didn't have the the CV that that Mowbray's got. Um, I think it's a really, really good decision. He's more than just a safe pair of hands in the sense that he's not a Tony Pulis, Sam Allardyce type manager who's going to come in and just because he's been around the block doesn't mean he's going to be this guy that's going to try and scrap his way out of a relegation battle. You know, we've seen all the way through his managerial career, he likes playing really good football. That's never, he's never deviated away from that. And um, he's fantastic at nurturing younger players. And as we know, Blues have recruited a number of very, very talented young players in, in this summer transfer window. I just think it all fits at the moment. I think he's the absolute perfect candidate. I know there are a few other names that were floating around. There were a few that were actually quite interesting. You know, Lee Carsley, for example, might have been quite an interesting one. Um, there were a few kind of slightly wilder ones as well that I'm probably, I think Blue supporters are quite clear that they steered away from. I just think it all pointed to Mowbray from the minute Rooney got sacked. Um, if he was willing to come back into football straight away, as as is clear that he, he was, then... He fitted the bill perfectly, I think. I think the good thing from my perspective is that it seems like a, I mean, no manager gets bits that much time, but it seems like a a longer term appointment. I mean, you look at Mowbray's record previously, he's not really done short stints at clubs. If we look at, you know, three three years is a good stint these days. Isn't it? And at most clubs, he has done that. You know, you think back to West Bromwich Albion, which is his first big gig over here in England. Um, and he had three years there. Celtic, obviously, went there and it wasn't as successful, but, you know, winning the league's a success there, that's it. Um, Middlesbrough had three years there. Coventry had a couple of years there. Blackburn had five years and really was probably the instigator behind their rebuild of getting back into the championship and then just consolidating the, in the second tier. And his final season at Blackburn, he uh, he led them to an eighth-place finish and there was a lot of anger that he wasn't rewarded with a new contract there. Went to Sunderland last year. They obviously lost their manager on the eve of the season. Alex Neil going to Stoke, uh, and they had just come up from League One. His first season there, like like Joe said, a really attractive side they were last season. They ended up finishing sixth inside the playoffs and lost out to eventual promotion with Luton. So his record, even at the start of this season with Sunderland, 
they were in the playoffs for most of it. Uh, they picked, they started slowly and then picked up a real, real good run of form. Um, tailed off a little bit, and then as soon as they tailed off, he was sacked. Probably that sacking for me fell into the Eustace category as it was very harsh. Um, but yeah, they, he's, he's really set some building blocks there, and they look a good side again, also sixth again now, so they've got a chance. Um, but yeah, it's the, it's the football for me, Joe. It's the football that he plays. I think he was ahead of the curve when you think about it, in that, you know, all the way back in 2006 when he took over at Albion, that wasn't really a time, you know, where managers were were in the championship were playing great football. You had the likes of Warnock getting great success playing a different way. Um, but Mowbray did it his way and it worked at Albion. I think they finished fourth in his first season inside the playoffs and lost out. And then second season, you know, swept everyone aside, won, won the league at a canter, really playing some great stuff. Yeah, the I look back now for my Albion association, and I was only a teenager at the time watching watching Albion, and at the, we just sat Brian Robson, and it could have gone either way really. They just been relegated from the Premier League, and they had to get the decision right, and they took a little bit of a gamble because Tony Mowbray came down from Hibs, and as you say, it was his first real crack at English football management. He was a guy in his early to mid forties, um, suffered the disappointment of the playoff final that first season. Then had all the best players taken off him, you know, Jason Kumas, Curtis Davis, uh, Diamante Kamara went to the Premier League. So the owner at that point kind of gave him a little bit of pot of money and said, all right, you know, work with our scouting team at the, at the, uh, at the Albion and, you know, try and let's let's form a, a team that can, that can challenge again to get promoted. And uh, they were very, very shrewd. I mean... Blues fans would know the names James Morrison, Chris Brunt uh, to be associated with Albion anyway. Uh, he was a massive, massive reason why those players arrived at the club. And I think they played something like 750 games between them. Um, that was that was really down to Tony Mowbray's nice and recruitment at that point, spotting very, very young, talented footballers who he could pick up and, and mould and fashion into really, really, well, eventually Premier League players. Um, he also had a really, really good eye for players abroad, you know, players like Robert Corran, again, you know, championship household name, mm. um, Jonathan Green in and Robbo. Robbo was an enormous part of that team. Kevin Phillips was an enormous part of that team. They scored so many goals. I think they scored over 100 goals that season in all comps. Um, had five players that hit double figures. So it was just crash, bang, wallop. Let's just kind of try and win every game, you know, 3-2, three, 4-3. Three. Let's not worry too much about defending. Let's just, let's just try and outscore the opposition. And that's kind of how they, they built their promotion campaign as well as obviously um, playing some fantastic football. It really was uh, a, a, an in, a exciting, enjoyable time to be a fan. But he stood by those principles when he got promoted and it obviously went wrong and you get found out in the Premier League when you don't have that defensive stability. Um, but interesting, when you kind of go through CV now, even you look through it and as you've mentioned there, Alex, he left Albion of his own accord as he left Hibernian of his own accord to come to Albion in the first place. He left Celtic, which, you know, okay, as you've already said, if you're not successful, you're not successful if you don't win the league up there. Yeah. Um, I still think he had a 40% win ratio up there, which um, would be more than acceptable down here. He didn't get sacked by Blackburn. There were fans that wanted him to go. He was sacked by Sunderland in unceremonious circumstances. He doesn't really ever get to a point where he kind of really has a real rut. And, you know, mm. he kind of just maybe sometimes comes to the end of his, uh, end of the line at a football club, but, any tenure will run its course, but he, he just feels like everywhere he goes, he does a good job. Um, everybody loves him. I spoke to a few Sunderland um, 
members of staff when I was up there with West Brom at the start of December, he'd just been sacked and they were absolutely distraught. Some of them behind the scenes that, you know, he'd gone, not just because of the, what the job he'd done, but because of the man that he is. He's such a, a gentleman. Um, somebody you want uh, as a custodian at your football club who, you know, speaks so passionately about the game, um, has, has a real love for certain areas of the country. He loves the North East, that's where he's from, but he has a real love for the West Midlands as well. You know, he's been at Coventry, had a, a really enjoyable couple of years at Cov, even though he couldn't get them back up at that point, um, and still speaks very, very fondly of his time at Albion as well. So I, I thought it, on a personal level, as much as a <coughs> professional level, I think it, it, it suits Tony as well at this point to, to come back to a club. I think I'll be really honest, I don't know if he'd have gone near the club if Trillian Trophy Asia were here, but that, that kind of points to what Knighthead have immediately done. Mm. They've um, made them made Blues attractive again as, as a proposition. And okay, they've made a mistake already, but they've bitten the bullet and they've they've acted quickly. And um, for my money, look, they look like they've got the right man. Yeah, and, and like you said about his record, just, I mean, if you look at it, I don't think he's in a bad job at any of the clubs. Not really. Like, um, West Brom obviously did very well and left after some issues, um, you know, in the Premier League with the, with the style of football and things. But going back down to the Championship with Middlesbrough, you know, took over there when they were 22nd in the league, led them to 12th place that same season. Uh, a 7th place finish the following year, very unlucky, unfortunate to miss out on the playoffs. And then obviously last season didn't go to plan, he ended up leaving. So um, Coventry... Like you said, Joe, very close to getting out of League One at one stage. They were they had a very strong start. I think it was the 15-16 season before yeah. falling away. Um, and then he moved on to Blackburn, got them promoted. Um, I think they had a couple of 15th place finishes in the Championship before um, an 8th place finish in his final season. And they played, again, some very, very, very good football. Uh, some of the best football in the league. And you look at Sunderland last year, that must have been a very difficult job to go in there on the eve of the season, you know, well, just yeah. after the season started. 30. Well, it was the eve of the transfer window, wasn't it? So he's had well, no... Exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. got a on the 30th of August. He's got no time to work with any new signings. He's got no pre-season. Yeah. And he's, he's led them into the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, they they finished finish sixth, like you say. They they had, um, you know, they scored more goals than every team in the league, bar Burnley, Sheffield United and Middlesbrough. Um, 68 goals in the league. They conceded a fair few as well. Don't get me wrong, but you know we saw we saw um, Mowbray Sunderland earlier this season against Blues, and that was probably the most open game of football I've ever seen. You know, ended three one to Sunderland, but it could have been you know four four at half time. It was a crazy game, um, but Sunderland, you know, in that particular match, you know, regained control after half time and ended up scoring twice without reply in the second half. So, you know. Clearly managed the game well, better than Blues anyway. And um, yeah, he's he's a very, very credible manager at this level. Um, you know, it's I think I was having a conversation actually a, a few weeks ago at the uh, the Blues training ground, you know, and Blues were, were struggling to form and with a few of the journalists and just kind of in disbelief that Mowbray had been had been sacked by Sunderland when they were ninth in the league, um, only a few weeks after beating Blues. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of floated the idea, would you take him at Blues? And we were all like, yes, you know, completely in agreement. It'd be a great appointment. So to get him a month or whatever down the line, uh, you know, it feels like a very, very shrewd appointment. Um, you know, there were some, like you say, jokes, some good names out there, different names in terms of styles of football. But I do think Mowbray, you know, I think Gary Cook said in his statement um, and the appointment about Mowbray, 
Mowbray's style of football and also his, his capacity to work with young players and develop young players. And I think that's been a theme throughout his managerial career. Um, you see the Sunderland team now, how young it is this season. Mm. You know, they've got so many players who are under the age of 20 performing well in the championship. So um, it feels like a, a really solid appointment. Um, I do want to come on to a few of the questions, guys. Um, a lot of people very, very happy. Mark Shand, chuffed with the appointment. Tony needs to take, to take his time to get known the players. We have some decent players down there. That's the, that's the key thing because, you know, Blues had lost nine of 15 games but before Wayne Rooney pitched up. They were sixth in the league. They'd just beaten a very good West Bromwich Albion side 3-1 home turf and things were going very well. I don't think the players, the players don't become bad overnight, you know. No, I, the, the, this, squad, the, this squad for me, I look at the summer transfer window and we were raving about it, weren't we? we, we from the outset, yeah. we, we, whether you're a Blues Association, whether you were a neutral, um, you looked around and you thought, wow, there's some really good signings. If they can keep these guys sound, that was the other thing as well. Um, and that still remains a challenge with Tyler Roberts, Ethan Laird, a couple of others. But if you can get them you know, fit and firing, then there's a very, very exciting crop of players there. I mean, as you say, I, I went and covered Blues at Hull on Saturday. thought Lee Buchanan was at Blues' best player. Um, mm. he's, he's the epitome of where Blues are trying to go to. I think the 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 exact kind of profile of player that Tony Mowbray will enjoy working with, you know, a guy in his early 20s who has a long contract in front of him. So, you know, he's got a long future at Blues ahead of him. Um, and play, people like Tony Mowbray in football can make those kind of footballers better. Mm. Um you look around at players. <laughs> I can imagine Tony Mowbray really being quite excited to work with players like Miyoshi and Dembele. Um, if you can get Tyler Roberts fit and firing, then he's another really, really exciting option to have at this time. Um, there'll be other players as well that maybe just won't quite fit the mould. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what he does with certain players. For example, Lukas Djukovic. Mm. Um, he's never really had a proper kind of, you know, target man in that sense. Uh, the, the the forwards that, that Mowbray has traditionally used have been kind of mobile forwards who, um, you know, are happy to receive the ball and, and, and you know, score, will we'll score 20-odd goals. That wasn't even the case last season at Sunderland. He didn't, I don't think they had a centre-forward that scored a goal okay. after Oscar got injured. So, even in that scenario, you can almost kind of, you can picture Blues going forwards now with a false nine or, you know, playing four or five creative players and Tony actually just saying almost, go on then, boys, just go and go and do your stuff, go and combine and, and, and give them a little bit of freedom to go and be creative. And I think those kind of players will enjoy that aspect of, of working under him. And then at the back as well, you've got an, a need to be stable. Um, it'll be interesting again to see what he does with Deion Sanderson. I, I thought uh, Kevin Long was excellent as well. You would never have known that Kevin Long had been out of the out of the team for two or three months um, based on Saturday's performance. So, Again, it's baby steps. Enough. Mowbray's intelligent enough and long in the tooth enough to know that you can't just come in straight away and, and change everything up. He'll, he will assess what he's got to work with um, and then they'll take it from there. What they've got, which is really exciting, is three weeks of the transfer window. And I know, again, it's not a case of, well, let's just go and spend loads of money. Let's go and sign five new players and whatever else. Um, but if there are tweaks that need to be made, maybe, you know, positions that need to be covered off, then... Just to get them through to the to the summer, I suppose, and then you take it from there, and then it it becomes quite exciting again. Yeah, I mean, there are some players that also that under Rooney probably wouldn't have had futures, so now they'll get a some of them may get a second chance as well to to prove themselves to Mowbray before the end of the window. Um, 
interesting run of fixtures coming up. We spoke about mm. before we came on air. Swansea, in, if we're looking at league fixtures, and they've obviously got that replay against Hull coming up on the 16th of January. But look at Swansea on Saturday at home. Stoke City away. Middlesbrough um, at home on the 27th of January, which would obviously be a big one for, uh, for Mowbray in particular. Uh, but Swansea and Stoke, two clubs who have both just changed manager. Swansea more recently than Stoke, um, with Luke Williams going in there from Notts County, and obviously Stoke, who uh, who have Stephen Schumacher. Um, it's a it's a good start, isn't it? Really, when you think about it, those those games are they're difficult, but you know Blues have got to start picking up wins from somewhere, and um, and they played Swansea early this season and probably should have beaten them. I think we can write off the Stoke game on Boxing Day because it was a complete disaster. Um, we didn't really learn much from that, other than you know Blues need to play a lot better to get a result next time around. Um, and Middlesbrough, very inconsistent this season under Michael Carrick after a really, really good season last year. Um, three games that Blues could potentially take points from, providing Mowbray gets things right from the outset. Well, yeah, as we were just talking there before we came on air, what you just want is a bit of a bounce, don't you? We just, we just, did, we, you just didn't get it at all. Um, it was the opposite, wasn't it? Because obviously <laughs> you just went out on a high, and then um, Rooney kind of like you know brought the mood down. Um, you just want you just want a little bit of a bounce. I remember a very different scenario again, but fit, when he was appointed at Albion, his first game in charge was at home to Wolves. Enormous game mm. um, at, at, in the Championship, and they won three nil. And they actually went on a bit of a run after that. And it was the kind of exactly what you wanted from the new manager to come in and just for the players to be up for it, to see, to show rather uh, Mowbray what they're about, what they've got to offer. Um, had a quick word with Lukas Djukovic after the game on Saturday and he said exactly that at that point, not knowing that Mowbray had been 100% confirmed, but saying that he hoped the new manager was watching because although it wasn't free-flowing stuff and it wasn't, oh, we're going to create a hatful of chances, it was um, a more unified performance. I've not been able to watch Blues for 90 minutes in every game that they've played in recent weeks, but I can imagine that that was a, a hell of a lot better than what they've produced over Christmas. thought they were really disciplined in their shape and off the ball, they worked really, really hard. I mean, players like Stansfield, Dembele out wide, Miyoshi pressing as a number 10 really um, didn't allow Hull to dictate too much. And Hull obviously were going to dominate the ball and whatever, you know, they're at home and they play some good football under Rossini, but... Um, they've come within two or three minutes of of really executing a, a, a the perfect away plan, and that would have been really really pleasing. When you consider Blues away form is what it is to keep mm. a clean sheet away from home would have been enormous. Um, despite that, there was still plenty to be pleased about. I think there's still plenty for Mowbray who, were, whether he was in um, attendance or not, will have will watch back that game and will see that there's still plenty to work with. Um, that players when they get on the ball can be effective um but actually off it they're concentrating they're disciplined and you know they can do the basics as well um so yeah that, I, I think i think it's, it really does fit generally speaking i think from from the outside you know that there might have been sections of the fan base that might have wanted to have been more ambitious that might have wanted a sexier name um i just think at this moment in blues's history that tony mowbray is just spot on yeah, we've had the big name, Joe. We don't need another one just yeah, yet. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, yeah. Um, thanks, everyone, for uh, for tuning in. I've got a lot of questions on Ashley Cole and John O'Shea. Uh, nothing confirmed on those two yet, uh, but Mowbray has brought in long-term assistant Mark Venus, who's taken the role of assistant manager. So 
when we speak to him later this week, uh, I guess he'll be able to confirm his uh, his backroom staff then and tell us their their roles and responsibilities. But um, yeah, thanks everyone for uh, for tuning in, and we'll be back later this week. Um, keep right on until then. Thank you.